We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I am your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. Welcome to Transformative Principal. I am excited to have another special episode focusing on the issues that we're facing here with the coronavirus. And I'm excited to have Dr. Wendy Oliver from Edison Learning on the program today. Wendy, thank you so much for being part of Transformative Principle. Welcome. Hi there. Thank you. So I'd like to start by talking about some of the challenges that you're seeing in the schools that you work with, with teachers getting online and recognizing that schools are closed and some are, most are not opening before the end of the school year again. What are some of the challenges that you're seeing with getting teachers online for remote learning? Well, you know, probably the biggest challenge that I see is the confusion between expectations around remote learning versus online learning. And those confusions lie not only with teachers, but expectations from administrators and expectations from parents. And quite frankly, we we threw a lot of kids into what we're calling online learning and a lot of teachers. And we were expecting those teachers to have the ability to create curriculum from scratch. Uh, that they might have seen from a vendor. Uh, So for example, with Edison Learning, we have over 150 virtual and blended courses uh, for grades 6 to 12. And and the difference is, is on our staff, we have instructional designers, graphic artists, subject matter experts, as do other folks in the field. Uh, Teachers' jobs are to teach. And so when um, overnight they had to create assignments based on what they could find online, And students were expecting more of what they had seen in the traditional classroom from their resources. Um, Those expectations and what was produced didn't really match up. 
And not only that, teachers are working themselves way too many hours um, and, and just really working themselves into the ground to try to produce what they can to engage their students. And so you have a little bit of a rub there, and that's been a difficulty, I think, especially when you add in that everyone is already so stressed. We have families who are losing loved ones, families who are concerned about their finances, and teachers are concerned about the same things. And so when you add all that stress together, you have challenges and difficulties and parents are trying to work from home um, and students aren't necessarily as engaged as uh, they would be if they were doing some game-based instruction um, or some more edutainment. So really, you know, the biggest challenge has been teachers are working so hard. I don't know if you saw the survey from the Network of Public Education, but, you know, 19% of teachers in that survey said that they were adjusted. Uh, whereas 41% of the parents said that their children were adjusted. And so even that data tells us that teachers are really struggling to keep up because it's a significant change. Yeah, and it completely redefines what your role is as a teacher, which is challenging already when that happens. But it's even more so when, you know, uh, a lot of teachers who who get their energy and passion for continuing by being face-to-face and interacting with kids and seeing them grow in that way. And now you're literally cut off from them and you can't engage in that. I think that that is a, an unspoken huge challenge that, that we're not really paying that much attention to, you know, when you get your energy from being around those kids and then you're not around them anymore. uh, That's just a really tough thing to get used to. And that's even before we get to the content and how you're delivering it or not delivering it and all that kind of stuff too. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. That social emotional piece is absolutely missing, not only from the teacher's side, uh, but also the children. So not only have I worked in online and blended learning for almost 15 years now, but I also have an eight-year-old. So I'm working from home in in one of the busiest times of my life and also working with my eight-year-old in her second grade studies. And her teacher has made the transition and she's done extremely well. But uh, eight-year-olds are not independent learners. And so it makes my day extremely long. But to see uh, the live lessons, to see how her teacher lights up when she sees the children log in, and also the difference in the days and when they do have the live lessons and when they don't, uh, the difference in my child's behavior is so obvious. And it is, I mean, there is definitely a need for that social-emotional interaction and you know, added to that, the fact that we're not around anyone socially, and that's very intentional at this point, you know, that that is, that is why I really tend to lean towards blended instruction, you know, when things are more normal, uh, especially for my child, because she's very social. And I know every child has different needs. But yeah, you're absolutely correct. You know, it's not just, it's not just a curriculum piece or program implementation piece. There's also taking into consideration you know, what routines are we keeping in place so that the students feel connected to the school during this situation? You know, are we still having announcements and sending out videos of those to the students so they still feel connected or can see their friends and activities like that? I think those routines are so critical. Yeah. So how how would you suggest moving forward with a with a blended approach right now for a teacher who, you know, is just trying to finish out the year strong? What what advice do you have for them? for finishing out the year as best they can right now? 
Well, I think right now, to be, to be frank, everyone is in survival mode. Mm-hmm. And, and there are some opportunities with a lot of providers that are offering free resources. Now, another concern is, you know, what is that achievement gap going to look like when we go back in the fall or in go by go back? I don't necessarily mean in person and that situation could be online. You know, we just don't know. So my suggestion would be to, to reach out to your leadership or for leadership to reach out. For example, Edison Learning is offering uh, free courses to seniors and certainly offering very large discounts as are other providers to try to help teachers so that they're not trying to find resources and piecemeal and put them together on their own because it takes a tremendous amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there really is a compassion and, and a definitely a need where corporate America does want to support our educators through this and our families. And I know that that's one of the things that actually attracted me as some learning is just the values uh, within the company. So I would definitely say reach out and look for those resources and certainly reach out to Edison Learning if there's any way that we could help. Yeah. And I think to add to that is, you know, reach out, don't just like shoot an email out, but like actually call and connect with somebody because I think everybody is on board with this idea of providing whatever additional service you can. You know, it's a lot different if it's, you know, somebody that you've been working, a school you've been working with for years and providing courses to them. And somebody who's like, I've never done anything with online courses before. Where do I even begin? You know, you need a lot more support with that than than you would otherwise. And, you know, going back to one of the things you said a minute ago about everybody being in survival mode, I think it's also good to just admit that you're in survival mode and you don't know what to do and you just need some help. And so maybe you're just trying to make it to the end of the year, but you want to start thinking about next year also and we don't know if we're coming back yet, but if we aren't, then, you know, we need to have a plan in place because we can't continue in the state that we're currently at, you know, indefinitely. We got to continue moving forward with the learning for our students. So thinking about the future and and a teacher who, you know, is thinking, well, I'm not going to be going back into the classroom uh, because of how my state's reacting right now. I can't imagine that actually working out. Where would you suggest they start in getting some professional development right now or over the summer to help them understand how uh, virtual learning is different than in-person learning? Yeah, so I would um, definitely, if you want to reach out, look at our website on edisonlearning.com. We are sharing uh, resources. Certainly, we opened up our PD library. There are other resources as well. I would suggest DLAC, D-L-A-C. I would suggest Quality Matters. Um, Those are some organizations that I would flock to, quite frankly. I also think Common Sense Media produces a lot of really good information for teachers, for parents. I mean, those would probably be my top recommendations. And I think teachers would really benefit, benefit from those. And then, of course, we share out anything that we can. I'm doing some Wednesdays with Wendy podcasts, and they'll have information. Um, and again, that'll be at our Edison Learning website um, and has having some accompanying blogs. But that that would be um, off the top of my head. Again, those would be some probably quick references and they would drive you to some different locations as well uh, to collect some information. Yeah, I think those are good suggestions. Also, there's also a lot of stuff at uh, futureready.org, which has a lot of similar types of support and research for that as well. 
So the other thing that I wanted to ask you, Wendy, is as you mentioned, you have designers and and other people who work on the courses to make them engaging and relevant for the kids. And if a teacher is thinking about like not just making it good content, but also making it look good, that can quickly get overwhelming um, because that is not most teachers' strength. And so what kind of a, a piece or suggestion can you give to them to to not feel as much pressure by that, but still get better at making things look visually appealing or or be presented in a way that the kids will be more engaged by it? What advice do you have on that front? Oh, that's a great question. Especially you're asking me this, and I made a PowerPoint the other day that had a visual in it that was almost nauseating because it was so <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> so that's kind of a hard question because it depends on what they're designing. I mean, the easiest place to start is always with PowerPoint. Um, and now uh, PowerPoint gives you all kinds of suggestions on how to balance things out. And mm-hmm. it'll give you a suggestion on the, you know, the top right hand side of how to make something look better. I always suggest it, especially for a beginner, because it can make you look like you have design skills that you don't necessarily have. You know, always try to, to be balanced and, and less is more, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Generally, somebody who's just starting out tries to put a whole lot on one slide, and that's difficult. Um, it's especially difficult, you know, for students with disabilities, and you have to be really aware of that. But I don't want to overwhelm a, a beginner with that as they're trying to put content up. So I would say less is more. Let PowerPoint help you with some of that design. Um, and then there are other, you know, there are other some basic guidelines like, you know, if a, if a kid is colorblind, they're not going to be able to distinguish between red and black. There are a lot of kids that are colorblind. It's a pretty high population. So that's a simple rule to remember. So, you know, little things like that. I would just start there and start small and then start finding things that you like the way they look and then trying to mirror those. Uh, with what you're creating. Yeah, I think that those are all great suggestions. One thing that that I would would add is start with the template and then don't mess with it too much, especially yeah. if you're not very good. <laughs> you know, just start with that template and just accept it for what it is and and be okay with that. And I've so I had a a friend who recently sent me a resume to look over it for him and and they started with a template but then changed everything to make it suit them. And, and I could tell uh, that they did that. And I said, well, what are you doing here? And they said, well, I thought that this looked better. And I said, okay, so that's all well and good. But I would say just go back to that template. And then they did. And the resume came back and it was like, it was readable. It was understandable. It was, it was significantly better just because of how it looked. And, you know, as teachers, we're not really very good at that, but that's important. And this goes for principals as well. You know, that's an important thing to pay attention to. Wendy, the last question I'd like to ask you is, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative leader like you? So my answer to that question is going to sound oversimplified, but in reality, it's quite complicated. Excellent. And I would say to, to and, and my answer to that is to care about kids. That sounds very oversimplified. In reality, what I mean by that is if, if you truly care about kids, then their teachers have to be equipped with what they need to support them. They have to know how to differentiate instruction uh, in order to meet their needs when they come back from this pandemic and in, in order to support them right now. Right now, what I think about is Maslow's hierarchy. And our kids don't care about the majority. A lot of our kids in this country don't care about uh, online learning or remote learning. They care about where their next meal is going to come from, as do their parents. 
And so we have to care about our kids and our families and make sure that they know where their next meal is going to come from before we can even address remote instruction or online instruction. And I think if we truly care about our families and our kids, then we'll be prepared to offer them true blended or online instruction. And we'll be by doing that, we'll have to prepare our teachers and our teachers will feel comfortable with it. And in doing so, we will be able to prepare them for the globalized economy. But we can't do any of that if we don't truly care about our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that is absolutely true. And if you do care about the kids first and foremost, then all those other things that we do in school will fall into place because you'll make decisions that are for them. And I think that's really great. So I want to thank you again, Dr. Oliver, for being part of Transformative Principle. You can follow uh, Wendy on Twitter at Oliver underscore doctor. You can check out her company's website, edisonlearning.com. And thank you so much, Wendy, for being part of Transformative Principle. Hey, thank you. Stay safe. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.